you are going to love my next guest. His name is Mac Alexander. He is a former Navy SEAL, the best of the best, who is medically retired after receiving numerous severe concussions while on active duty. Now, when Matt was medically retired from the teams, he hit some very low places, and he was in bad shape. At one point, he couldn't even walk or talk. He had to learn all that again. But through his strong faith in God and his strong perseverance, he went forward and created Mac Belts. Now, Mac is a very successful entrepreneur, and he's on the show to tell his remarkable story. You do not want to miss this podcast. Mac Alexander, next on the CJ Evolution Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Welcome to the CJ Evolution Podcast. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. We know you're going to love the show. This is a show about inspiration, motivation. We talk about some dark topics, too. But I want to provide you with hope, inspiration, and motivation to go after your dreams and, above all, take care of yourself physically and mentally. If you are a longtime listener, thank you so much for supporting me over the years. Welcome back. If you love the show, please share with your family and friends and give us that five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We sure would appreciate it. Hey, special thanks to you, the criminal justice professional, first responder, whatever you were doing, wherever you were at, thank you for doing it. And remember this, you were honored, cherished, and above all, you are loved. Keep up the fantastic work. Folks, if you are struggling, if you need help, please put your fear, put your ego, put your hesitation aside and pick up the phone and call FHE Health and Shatterproof for first responders. This program saved my life. I know it can help you and save your life too, but you have to take that first step. Links are in the show notes, and I want you to hear this message from my good friend, Jimmy Keefe. What makes Shatterproof a very unique program is it's one of the only programs in the country that first responders can go to that is 100% all first responders. Everybody's in pretty bad shape when they get here. And then 30 days later, when you can see the transformation and the difference in people when they've had 30 days uh, of counseling, working with therapists, working with a psychiatrist, getting the neuro treatment, doing the breath therapy that's done here. The transformation that happens with the clients is really humbling to be able to work around and see because people are getting better here. And it just shows that there's a need for the first responder community to deal with behavioral health issues and take them seriously and offer treatment to people that may need help out there. They should be afforded the ability to come get help when they need help. It has gotten better, but we still have a long way to go. Hello, everybody. So excited to have my next guest on the show, Mac Alexander. He's a retired Navy SEAL and successful entrepreneur, but it wasn't always great for Mac, and he's going to talk about it. Mac, what's up, brother? Thank you for being on the show. Hey, how are you, Pat? Thanks for sharing your audience with me. Oh, man, I, I love it. I love what you're doing. Uh, again, you were in the teams for, for a while, but then something happened. Can you talk about that? 
Yeah. So um, after I graduated from college, I chose to enlist in the Navy. Um, I went ahead and uh, went through basic underwater demolition SEAL training. I checked into a West Coast uh, SEAL team and then, um, you know, uh, really enjoyed that job. It was amazing. I served with a really amazing group of, of patriots. And then my first deployment, uh, I've had a pretty serious uh, what the world may know as a TBI. So traumatic brain injury, um, you know, essentially a pretty terrible concussion um, that altered really the course of my career. Um, fortunately, due to the nature of the injury, I wasn't able to continue my my role as a special operator. And I was retired and uh, medically retired. And I was, you know, really kind of was going through a pretty hard time after that. Now you were a you were a breacher and a, an assaulter, right? I mean, I know what that is, but can you explain to the audience what a breacher is? Yeah, so uh, you know, a breacher is somebody who utilizes uh, a variety of tools and explosives uh, to kind of take down any kind of obstacles mm -hmm. that could be impeding the flow of movement of an door, assault element, door, right? Door, anything. Yes, sir. So we use a variety of explosives uh, inside just because it creates that violence of action. And, you know, as a breacher, you eat a lot of charges, a lot of concussions. Uh, and I was definitely somebody who throughout the short lived career that I had, you know, hundreds of concussions from breaches, a really terrible Humvee accident where a guy crashed into a wall. I was pretty injured on that one. And then the final really bad concussion I had was while I was deployed overseas in Africa. And those, I mean, I, I don't think people understand the, the, the amount of trauma you know that that you know that special operators or military in general and first responders go through and it takes a toll over them over time to a point where some people can't do it right yeah and you know the interesting thing about a traumatic brain injury and it really may be anybody who experiences a significant event that causes trauma in their life mm -hmm. you know it's not going to leave a scar visibly so people can see right a lot of those uh, people who have really bad TBIs on the outside, right? They look fine, but on the inside uh, can present a variety of issues from, you know, hormone imbalances, a lot of different, depending on the parts of the brain that are damaged can cause, uh, you know, emotion dysregulation and um, all kinds of vestibular balance, all, pretty much everything, right? Your brain controls uh, every part of, of your daily functions. And when, and when you jar that thing hard enough, it's going to mess up your internal wiring. Um, and it really, you know, uh, injuries take a hard, uh, you know, a long time to work back from. Right. And, and so for me, I never had experienced any type of serious injury before in my life. And so this, uh, the effects of traumatic brain injury are something that I still work very diligently today to uh, deal with. Yeah. And, and, and that you made a really good point, Mac. I mean, it's not, you don't have to be in a gunfight or, or warfare to suffer from a, from a TBI. It's, it can be something traumatic that happens in your life, you know, and that's, that's another thing that people don't understand. Right. Yeah. My, my biggest thing is uh from my experience is just really trying to advocate uh, in the seriousness of concussions. Right. And uh, I mean, it's just they really in the effect of compound concussions, right? If you get, you know, let's say you're an assaulter and you eat six charges uh, on, a, on a house run or something or on a, on a target assault, you know, then you get in a Humvee accident shortly after that. The, the compound effect, right? The, yeah. 
the one after the other is something. And I think the military and a lot of, you know, there's a lot of law enforcement guys that utilize explosive breaching. It's really getting uh, the the kind of the attention that it deserves in the effect because it's having really having effect on 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 patriots right and, yeah. um, and i'm happy to be somebody who, who will talk about those openly yeah yeah and thank you for doing that mac and there it reminds me and i don't know if you saw the movie concussion with will smith a couple of years ago where he talks about the nfl and how concussions are are affecting nfl players obviously they're taking hits every minute of the game and what those detrimental effects are going to be, you know, not just during the game, but, you know, as they progress through their life and how detrimental they are. Yeah. And there's a couple of different statistics out there, but some, some studies have said, you know, after a major concussion, it can take up to six years for those, those neurochemical neurochemicals and the types of things to kind of like resettle. Right. And so during that healing phase, uh, it's really important to protect yourself. Right. And so, for guys in the military, men and women, or anybody who's around, you know, just even, you know, things like shooting mortars, uh, getting jarred around on a boat. A lot of my brothers who are SWIC operators, you know, they get concussions just from just from that. And, uh, you know, it's just they're so they can be so detrimental uh, to your life. Right. And so yeah. my biggest thing for people is like, man, take care of your noggin. Right. Really take care <laughs> of that thing. Yeah. So you get out of the Navy. You were in a low place. It was, you know, it was after COVID, right? And, and you, you kind of struggled. There was, there was a lot of work, not just for you, but a lot of people. So what was the next step? I mean, how did you come from a TBI to to not finding work to where you're at today? Yeah, that's a great question, Pat. Thank you. You know, for me, uh, just because I was out of the military, it didn't mean that physical therapy stopped, right? Sure. I mean, I was... Um, you know, retired at probably the worst time just because COVID-19 hysteria, you couldn't find a job. At the same time, I was still struggling a lot with my speech. Uh, and, you know, I just couldn't really sell myself well enough to employers, right? So here I was, you know, a, a former Navy SEAL, retired Navy SEAL that two years ago, I was, you know, conducting QRF uh, uh, operations at tier one, you know, elements in, in uh in, in, in these combat zones. And like now I couldn't find a job and it was a huge crush, you know, to my ego. So for me, uh, you know, I, I really struggled because I had my purpose and my paycheck and my brotherhood all in one uniform. Right. And, um, unfortunately I, the, all those things kind of went away pretty quick, right? Mm -hmm, yeah. If you are injured, you have a certain amount of time to where you have to recover or turn, return back to your duties you know, in, in the nature of what was presented to me was, hey, you can recover from TBI, you could be a non-deployable SEAL. And for a lot of guys, uh, that's not going to work, right? Yeah. So um, so I really struggled when I got out just with my overall, my confidence, my physical health was compromised. And, uh, you know, I just, you know, I, I couldn't find a job. And, and I was, you know, I didn't have much money. Uh, and I had a, at the time I was married, I had a baby and, we, you know, we were, just going through a whirlwind of life changes. And um, I didn't really cope in a very healthy way. I burned a lot of bridges. I was pretty much uh, kind of lived my life and was motivated by anger, right? I was yeah. I was angry at kind of my circumstances, how my career ended, all the hard work I put into it uh, kind of felt like, you know, but, but at the end of the day, uh, I believe God has used those events in my life to yeah. really, you know, build what I have now and to be able to tell the story I am now, which can bring hope to other people. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, for me, 
you, you know, I'm still learning, man. I, I'm pretty much, uh, I've been kind of on the up and up for the last year and a half year, so to speak. Um, and a big part of that was an activity that I found that allowed me to feel a sense of peace that I didn't know I could feel right. And that was leather crafting. And, um, I started, uh, going around to goodwills and salvation armies and buying old belts like this. And then I would clean them up and put new hardware and I'd sell them as dog collars. Right. And, um, I was kind of seeing, Hey, I can buy an old belt for a dollar. I can put some hardware on it, sell it for $45. Right. That's profit. I can feed myself. And then from there, we went ahead and started making belts and I've sold thousands of these all over the world to some guys that are in some of the hardest and toughest and most patriotic, uh, you know, uh, jobs in the world. And, you know, that was how I found a way to serve again was by yeah. providing a versatile tool uh, for guys that I really respected, looked up to. And I knew that what I was making was going to allow them to do their job and have gear that they could account be uh, that they could rely on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And when you were in your, the dark periods, brother. I mean, you, your training had to have kicked in. You know, hey, I'm a SEAL. I don't give up. The only, uh, you know, easy day was yesterday. You know, I mean, your training kicked in, right? I mean, I can overcome this. I can overcome yeah. anything. I went through some of the the shittiest training in the world, the toughest training in the world. I'm going to get past this. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, I wish I probably, looking back, if I if I took that insight but I was very bitter, right? I was, yeah. um, you know, because the thing is, is for a long time, I told myself, right, that, um, you know, if you can, uh, you know, you can't will yourself out of an injury, right? You can't positive self-talk your way out of an injury, sure. you know, um, in any kind of, in, in the SEAL teams, right? So much of in the training, at least, it's so, you know, physically and mentally taxing. But if you can maintain a positive attitude, you can find yourself, get through it. Right. And for me, um, after I got injured and just kind of drowning in my own bitterness and anger, I, yeah. I really kind of abandoned those ideals. Right. Because, uh, it felt like everything I learned as a seal wasn't going to apply to the healing of a pretty serious brain injury. Sure. Right. Um, because with brain injury, it's, it doesn't matter. You know, I can go to the range and if I do, you know, a hundred pistol draws and, sh you know, put them inside of a, you know, a, a, a target, then I'm going to get better at, you know, pistol draws and shooting. And that's how I understood really you put an X, you get out Y and Z, but with rehab and those kinds of things, it really doesn't matter how much time and effort you put in. It does help. But with the nature of the injury that I had sustained, it was going to be a time thing. And for a young man like myself, you know, I'm not very patient. And so I was just <laughs> so mad, right. Yeah. That I was, I was here. I was putting all this effort into physical therapy, doing all kinds of things, man. Like I did every experimental thing you could do. I did. Uh, I went, you know, a lot of the stuff I paid for myself on my own coin. And um, yeah, it was just, I didn't apply those, those um, I did. I really didn't apply those ideals and looking back, I really wish I would have uh, because a lot of the guys who have served in the military, men and women who have served in law enforcement or first responders, if, if if you do rely on those foundations that you you applied in service, it could shine new light on your current situation. Yeah. But man, yeah. I was just, I was so bitter and just blinded by anger. Well, I think a lot of people, you know, I mean, you talk to a lot of people, brother. I mean, I, I know I was like that, 
You know, when I yeah. left, when I left law enforcement, I, you know, I was a commander. I, I, I did 23 years. And then when I left on my own accord, I, I, I lost my identity, which mm. I imagine you probably did too. Uh, I mean, who am I? Who am I? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I mean, and you, yeah, like you said, I mean, you were QRF, you were doing all kinds of, you know, missions and stuff like that. And to take that away from you at such a young age, I mean, you lost your identity. Yeah. And, you know, for me, so much of my identity at the time was in accomplishments and things that I had done uh, on this earth. Right. And it wasn't really later until I really established my identity in Christ. And I don't want to talk Absolutely. religion on your show. No, I think it's but for very me, important. Yeah. And, and for me, right. Um, once I established that identity in Christ and that, you know, uh, that was really what allowed me uh, to probably propel myself to where I am now, right? Uh, and for me, I've kind of just, you know, unfortunately, in my belief system, you know, we live, I believe we live in a, a, a broken world, right? Unfor unfortunately. Yeah. And so uh, for me to just, you know, no matter what I do in life, right, whether I was a Navy SEAL or if I went to Harvard or if I build a multi-million dollar belt company, you know, uh, it really doesn't matter if I sacrifice, you know, if I lose my soul along the way. And I think um, because my identity was in those other things of this world, I definitely just fell deeper and deeper into, you know, what I yeah. call the pit, the pit, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I believe, you know, to, to talk about God for a minute, cause I'm, I'm religious and I'm a Christian. I believe in, I, I don't know if I'm, I'm assuming you do Mac that, you know, nothing in life comes easy. I mean, God's going to put those obstacles in our, in our path. And I, I believe God put God put you in that thrift shop that one day to grab that belt and say, yeah, man, I can I can do this and I can make something. I can make a dog collar and then it blows up after that. So I, I believe that, you know, and, and nothing's going to fall in your lap. You know, I mean, you have to work your ass off to get it. But I believe God works in mysterious ways and God put, put puts us in positions where we could. You know, he's kind of kicking us in the rear a little bit. Okay, I want you to go this way. <laughs> so I'm going to put these circumstances in front of you to make you stronger. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, at the time, it's hard to be able absolutely. to pull yourself out. Absolutely. And see that. And when I reflect on my life now, um, I'm just, you know, so grateful to be in the position I am. Um, I really, it's kind of funny because, uh, I learned more at the lowest lows of my life, not only about, you know, the world, human beings and my own self than I ever did when I was Absolutely. at the, where people, you know, thought the pinnacle of success was right. And uh, it's just been a really amazing, you know, learning experience for me. And, um, you know, I think the thing I try to do just is just to share the story, right. And tell yeah. people personally, how did I deal with that? The circumstances I was given and and for me, my relationship with Jesus is the the one thing that got me through Absolutely. the worst of the worst times that a human being can be in. And I like what you talk about, you know, the total life reset, where there's points in our life where we have to reset. You know, when things are going great, Mac, you know that. I mean, shit, we, we kind of, at least me, I tend to, okay, forget about God or put God on the back burner because things are going great. But when shit hits the fan or I'm at my low, then I'm like, God, I need you. <laughs> you know, I need you, yeah. but it, we all need a reset throughout our life. You know, we all need yeah. to reset and okay, this is important. 
you know, I need to work on myself and get myself right before I can benefit and give to others. And you've done that, brother. Yeah. And I think one of the most beautiful things that comes from struggle and hardship is, you know, is the grace that comes from um, that experience. Right. And I think it, it's hard to tell people this thing, th this, but, you know, Romans eight twenty eight says all things work for the glory of those who love yeah. him. Right. And, um, you know, when it's like I said, when you're in a situation, you're on an operation or those kinds of things, when you think you could possibly be killed, you're really close to God during that time in your life. And then when you get back to the comforts of the, you know, the first world, you know, God kind of takes the back burner. And so the interesting thing is these these cycles of life that we go through of hardship and and and, and inevitably the death that we're all going to be faced with one day um, that we need saving, right? And so. Um, for me, I didn't really have a very healthy understanding of Christianity, right? Because I, I kind of grew up in the South where everybody claims to be a Christian, but very few actually <laughs> live it, right? And um, so, yeah, it wasn't until uh, I really got to that point where I didn't want to live anymore, where the right. option was either I put my identity in Christ or, you know, I, I you know, I take myself out of the game. And yeah. uh, I'm just really fortunate that the people who discipled me and mentored me, you know, were, were kind of the Holy Spirit working through them to reach me. Absolutely. And now I'm in a chair talking with you about comfortably about how I got out of the, the total life reset. Right. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's so powerful, Mac. I mean, you, you know, this, I mean, how, you know, somebody like you, uh, you know, uh, an operator, a former Navy SEAL is so transparent and so candid in their story, because a lot of people, that's another problem, brother. I mean, you know that a lot of people, a lot of people don't want to come forward because they want they don't want to be appear you know appear as as weak or yeah. uh you know I'm not strong I'm not a badass anymore and I think humility and and being candid and being open and transparent that's a strength you know that is a strength it took me a while to realize that you know to to be open and transparent and talk about problems and issues people look up to that you know, and people are like, shit, I, I need to start doing that because a lot of people don't, brother, especially, you know, and, you know, you talk about tier one groups and stuff I, that doesn't happen a lot. Yeah. And I think uh, the trend that a lot of people are are, are seeing, right, is um, uh, there's just uh, for me, I was tired of, of my friends getting text messages that my my friends and colleagues and coworkers had taken their own life. And yeah. I didn't really think that there was a really people weren't really sharing openly. Hey, what are the demons that I'm battling right now? And uh, for me, right. Uh, I wanted to show people a side of that part of the lifestyle, this, this kind of nasty statistic of, you know, 22 veterans a day, you know, taking their own life. But also, I mean, that does that statistic law enforcement are a big part of that. First responders are a big part of that. And just to show people what I've learned is that, you know, uh, when you, we do things as a team, right? No matter, and I believe the power of community. And I think if you can eloquently explain to people that, hey man, you're not alone. And yeah. I think it takes a lot of courage to rip, to rip open th those wounds and, and share authentically, uh, you know, where it, where it put you in your life. And I, and I truly believe that it was guys that maybe I looked up to that were talking about their struggles that when I was going through it, 
it shed new light on my situation and allowed me to either reestablish my faith or feel like I had a brother in the fight or a sister in the fight. And I think that is the most powerful thing is when you realize you're not alone. And I think the only way that some of the things that are played that are, uh, you know, that the Patriot community is facing, right. Some of these hardships and these dark, the darkness and the demons is that for people to come forward and to say, Hey, this will work for me. It may not work for you. Give it a shot. Yeah. I love you. And I care about you. And I want you here with me. And, you know, and that's my goal. And I think you are the same way, man. I've listened to a lot of your story. And I think it's really incredible that, um, you know, just warriors are having the courage to speak up and out. And I think on that, you're going to be able to bring others kind of that lifeline that they need at that time. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I have a, you know, every, every day I wake up, brother, I mean, if I could just help one person through a phone call, through an email, you know, through treatment, uh, then I'm happy because like you said, too many veterans, too many first responders are taking their life. When we have so many resources out there, people like you, they can contact, uh, so many resources out there. And I tell people, you know what people go through, Mac, this is just my opinion. Everybody has their demons. Everybody has their challenges, but those demons and challenges are not unique. I mean, when you, meaning there are challenges that a ton of people deal with. You know, but those in those people came out like you who have faced them, overcame them, you know, and are stronger for it. Um, so like you said, there's strength in community, there's strength, strength in teamwork. You, you need other people when you're suffering. Can't do that shit alone. <laughs> you can try, but you need the community. You need people in your life that are going to prop you up and, and point you in the right direction to get the help you need. Yeah. And I think, you know, so much in our jobs and in, in service, whether it be in the military or being a first responder, we work as a team. Right. And so, yeah. you know, we handle some really amazing, complex uh, situations uh, that our jobs present to us and we work together as a team to get through them. So why why would we not take that same approach with dealing with our problems that are presented to us after the fact? Right. And, and I think that's you know, I think there's it's slowly kind of shifting the mental health uh, stigma behind it and those kinds of things. Absolutely. I think just based on the leaders that are coming forward is kind of, uh, you know, I used to tell people and I still tell people to this day that, you know, suffering and silence only applies to push ups, really nothing else in life. <laughs> exactly. uh, and, you know, for me, the biggest mistake that I ever made and that what led to me being in probably the worst place that, you know, I could have been in was uh, taking that lone wolf approach. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I think for different cognitive reasons or whatever, the way that we deal with trauma or post-traumatic, whatever, we kind of isolate and it, it's really, really hard to break out of that. But like I was listening to you on a, one of your previous podcasts, but you know, if you can just, take that next step yeah. to ask for help, right? And, and to let your brothers and sisters bear your burdens with you. And they gladly will, because like you said, just just before this, that, you know, it makes you feel good helping somebody out. Guess what? It makes me the same. It makes me feel the Absolutely. same way because we have all of us, like whether you're 
working on a patient in the back of an ambulance or running to a you know domestic violence call or getting on a 47 to go do an operation downrange, we all have the, the same heart of gold where we put others' needs before our own. And I think hopefully the hardest thing is to put your needs now first. And that's the way if you if you put your needs first and you help yourself get better, you utilize whatever resources are out there, then you can be a blessing. And then you can be the one helping the next guy up. Absolutely. And I feel like what you're doing with your podcast and the stories you're telling is going to be, you know, a huge part of, you know, building that reoccurring uh, community of, hey, bring each other up, get each other to where we're good. And then that guy's now responsible for the next one. And it's just one after the other. Amen, brother. Amen. So Mac belts has exploded. I mean, you are, you're just making the, this, this, these kick-ass belts. And, and so did you ever think it was going to be this big? No. Um, <laughs> and I think a big part of, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's been an amazing response, but I yeah. think the coolest thing about it is that there are so many people, regardless of what you see in the media or reading the news or whatever, so many people love this country. So many people want to put this country first. And in business, what that looks like is buying American-made, right? And so for me as an entrepreneur, somebody who served in the military, somebody who fought wars against these countries that are some of the largest producers of the United States goods consumed here, uh, I wasn't going to make a product and just sell a belt that was, you know, half of it was made in China. And I think that's been the thing that's been most overwhelming Absolutely. is, uh, you know, there are so many patriotic people that want to support people doing amazing things. Uh, and so that's kind of how I feel about the growth of the business. Right. But uh, if you could have told me it is where it is today, <laughs> you know, I, I never would have guessed. Uh, and I give all that glory to God. Yeah, absolutely. And you give back too. every sale. Talk about every sale. A portion of it goes to talk about it, Mac. Yeah. So uh, for every belt that we sell, a portion of the proceeds is donated to uh, support our troops, right? Support our troops is one of the largest active duty military nonprofits. Uh, the reason why I partnered with them was I love my SEAL community, but I also served with Marines, Air Force, uh, Army personnel, Coast Guard. And I wanted uh, my business to really trickle down to all who serve, right? And not just be one thing. But, you know, we uh, so support our troops has a 95% of every dollar donated goes right back out to the troops 5% overhead for a charity it's pretty pretty amazing and so uh, that's my my thing is america is great because of the people Absolutely. who serve uh, and but we do a lot of other things for you know i could name you know uh you know tier 1 outdoors is a, is a is a nonprofit that we help they take first responders law enforcement officers on on hunting trips give them that time to decompress uh we do stuff for you know uh we donate a lot of our our belts that maybe for some reasons have defective things uh that can't make a belt we can make a dog collar those go to uh charities that provide service uh, service dogs for law enforcement, first responder personnel, military. So there is for me, right. The only way I, the only reason I'm where I am today is because, you know, people helped me there. there I've been a recipient of those charities and I believe in them. Right. And, and my biggest thing, the most, the thing I'm most proud of is, is being able to give back. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, we do that with monetary donations, product donations, custom 
custom uh, belts built to go to auction for certain charities. And we've helped raise thousands and thousands of dollars for really amazing people doing amazing work and, and they're saving lives. And that's yeah. that's the most important thing what this business allows me to do. It allows me the ability to give back. Um, and um, I feel very fortunate to be in that situation. Doing God's work, brother. Giving back. That's what it's about, my friend. Yeah, now, absolutely. For every for any aspiring Navy SEAL out there, what advice? I'm sure you've got this question before, Mac. What what advice would you give somebody out there who says, I want to be a SEAL? I want to be a Navy SEAL. What advice would you give them? Yeah, I would say you start know, running, um, start swimming. <laughs> yeah. The <laughs> You know, the big part of, you know, SEAL training or, or really any kind of combat role is going to be um, just really making sure that that job aligns with your values and the motivations yeah. behind it. Right. Uh, don't just do things for, uh, you know, credibility. Uh, really, for me, I would say, if, you know, if God puts it on your heart and that that's the job you want to do then, you know, work your tail off. You know, that, that's just it. You know what to do. You know what the standards are make sure you exceed those. And a lot of people, whether you try to become a SEAL or you try to get to, you know, a high level operate on high level uh, law enforcement position or anything, uh, you know, people aren't, people are going to say you're crazy. You're not going to make it, but only you really know how bad you want something. Right. And uh, just, yeah, just, this is an amazing country. You work hard, find the right mentors, right. Mentorship is huge uh, for anybody who wants to go into a line of work like that. Uh, but believe in yourself first and foremost, right? The world's full of people that, that, that will, that will, that will not believe in you. Right. So, uh, you know, just Absolutely. believe in yourself and, and work hard. And man, if you got a dream, set it so high that you doubt yourself and be able to accomplish it. Right. I, I forget the quote, but you know, it's like, uh, may a man's, uh, goals ex grasp, exceed his grasp or reach or something like that. And that's how I approach life and yeah. just, yeah, one life to live, man. And, and just set your goals high and, and, and work hard. And, you know, God has a plan for you. Yeah. Maybe you set out to do something and you don't make it, but there's something else that he has in store for you. Right. And just um, don't put value on the criteria. Don't put value on the accomplishment. Right. Um, yeah. And put it, you know, so, yeah, that's what I would say. So sorry for the long-winded response. No, no, Mac. You're awesome, brother. Thank you for being on the show. God bless you, brother. Thank you for the great work you're doing. Uh, next time in Florida, I'd like I'd like to buy you coffee, brother. I mean, that sounds I go good. Down, I, I go down to Florida a lot. And uh, thank you for what you're doing. Everything we talked about for the listeners out there, including uh, information about Mac Belts, is going to be on the website. God bless you, brother. Thank you for your service. Thank you for being on the show. And I'd love to have yeah. you back on in the future at some point, brother. Absolutely, Patrick. Thank you so much. Thank you for what you're doing and the voice that you're giving to people to tell their story. Mac is such an amazing guy, so humble, so down to earth, so patriotic. Every spec op guy I have met is like Mac. Amazing individuals dedicated to serving this country and doing great things after their service. If you love this show check out our youtube channel cj evolution podcast as well as check out mac belts links are in the show notes you got to check out this great belt that you must have god bless everybody until next time